So we've been working through the book of Hebrews, and we're gradually coming to the end of the book of Hebrews. Took a little time away from Hebrews to consider Palm Sunday and Resurrection Sunday and then the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. Today we return to Hebrews chapter 13, but we'll begin reading in verse 28 of chapter 12. Hear now the reading of God's word. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Let love of the brethren continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember the prisoners as though in prison with them, and those who are ill-treated, since you yourselves are in the body. Marriage is to be held in honor among all, and the marriage bed is to be undefiled, for fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have, for he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I forsake you, so that we confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What will men do to me? Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. And then skipping down to verse 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. Pause another moment to pray together. Lord God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit who inspired these words to be written so long ago and pray that that same Holy Spirit would come and enlighten our minds to feed upon the truth of your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Something tremendously encouraging that is going on each Sunday is a communicant membership class that takes place in the library where we have uh, about 15 um, non-communicant members who are interested in professing their faith and becoming communicant members. They are interested in communicating with the session that the faith that they have been raised with is actually their personal faith and that they desire to come to communion, come to the Lord's Supper as communicant members. And in teaching the communicant membership class, something that is tremendously encouraging and even exciting to me is realizing that what we do as a church isn't the idea of mere men, but the idea of God himself to figure out how to do church, to figure out what church looks like, to find our rules and guidance 
for doing church, we look to Scripture itself. Why do we have membership? Why do we have church membership? Because the New Testament recognizes at each point a church that is distinct from the world. And therefore, membership is necessary. And in that church that is distinct from the world, that church that consists of church members, communicate church members and non-communicate church members, there is leadership. There is authority that is established by God. And we just read about the church that has that leadership all the way back in the book of Hebrews. Chapter 13, verse 7, Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the results of their conduct, imitate their faith. And then verse 17, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. These two verses are behind the the fifth membership vow, which you heard a number of people uh, take last Sunday morning. Do you promise to partake? Do you promise to participate faithfully in this church's worship and service, to submit in the Lord to its government, and to heed its discipline? even in case you should be found delinquent in doctrine or life. One of the reasons why even people who are transferring their membership stand up here and take this vow is because coming to this church, even through a transfer of membership, means that you are now under this particular church's leadership, the leadership of the local church. And that is what we read of and see in these two verses from Hebrews 13, Hebrews 13, verse 7, and Hebrews 13, verse 17. And I think it's helpful just to stop and realize that as we look at the visible church, as you look around you, as you take inventory of your setting, what you see is church leaders and those led by them. One way to consider the entire church, leaders and those led by them, church leaders and those led by them make up the whole church. The entire church that I'm looking at right now consists of church leaders and those led by them. And that will serve as our our outline for today. Those led in the church and then the leaders in the church. So these two verses in Hebrews speak to those led in the church and the leaders in the church. First, those led in the church. And we have these two verses, 7 and 17. It seems that verse 7 is speaking about uh, former leaders. It says, remember those who led you, past tense who spoke the word of God to you and considering the results of their conduct, imitate their faith. Seems that um, perhaps it's referring to church leaders who not only were not 
currently church leaders any longer, but had actually passed on to glory, had transitioned into heaven itself. Because he says, consider the results of their conduct and imitate their faith, perhaps referring to the entirety of their lives. But then in verse 17, it's not past leaders any longer, but obey your leaders and submit to them, the present leaders. And both verses are just full of exhortation, primarily to those who are led by leaders in the church. You can see in verse 7 it says, Remember those who led, considering the results of their conduct, imitate their faith. Three exhortations for those who are led in the church. Remember, consider, imitate. Then verse 17, obey your leaders. Submit to them. And let them do this with joy, not with grief. So, altogether, between the two verses, six different exhortations, six calls to action as those led in the church. So we'll take just a moment to consider each one. But remember those who led you. Consider the results of their conduct. Imitate their faith. You think about what's going on there, and it it teaches us something about church itself, which is that the leadership that is within the church needs to be accessible to you. The church leadership that is spoken about here ought not to be something that is is so high and established and beyond you and and, um, honored and, and, and... looked at as something high and exalted, that it's not accessible to you. Think about the words that are used here. Remember those who led you. You should be able to think about them. You should be able to think about interactivity with them. You should have moments in your mind in which they were one-on-one with you or had you around the table. You ought to be able to remember them, the church leaders, as people that entered your life. You should be able to consider their lives. They shouldn't be unknown entities to you. You should be able to stop and consider the results of their conduct. You should be able to think about your shepherding elder and say, in a sense, what would he do in this situation? Maybe I'll call him up and ask. Maybe I'll invite him out for coffee or for lunch. You should be able to think about your pastor in the circumstances and the situations of life so that it's not just what your pastor says from the pulpit. It's not just what your elders believe from the confession. But you should be able to consider their faith in practice. You should be able to see that they practice what they preach You should be able to remember and consider them. They should be known entities among you, accessible. Those who you share life with. To the extent that you should be able to imitate their faith. And here, 
we start to understand something we'll circle back to by the end of the sermon, but that all leadership within the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is to reflect the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the head. We are the body. He is the chief cornerstone. We are the spiritual stones built up upon him. He is the vine. We are the branches. At every point, we are to reflect the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ isn't simply the word of God, but the word made flesh who dwelt among us. So when it comes to leaders in the church, you should be able to look to them, remember them, consider them, and imitate them. What is faith in action supposed to look like? You should be able to look to your church leaders and see the Christian faith in action to the extent that you're able to say, that's what I need to do in my own life. I need to imitate that faith. I need to put that into practice in my own life. Verse 17 Clips from past leaders that you remember and recall and consider and imitate to your present leaders. Perhaps it's helpful to stop and think about who your pastors are and who the deacons of this church are and who the elders, the shepherding elders of this church are and who your particular shepherding elder is. And the call here is very direct. Obey. Submit. Let them do their work with joy, not with grief. And here, certainly, we have the picture of an accessible leadership. Leaders who dwell among you, who interact with you, who speak to you, who get to know you, who break bread with you and sit around the table with you, who are happy to go to coffee with you and hear your story and to speak with you and and speak wisdom into your life. But you also see the, the picture of a family, which the household of God is. Keep coming back to that over and over. We are called the household of God. Through Jesus Christ, who is our elder brother, we are sons and daughters of God, the Father Almighty. And when you think about the church as a family, you realize the great need for obedience and submission. All parents know that the peaceable house is the one that is obeying with the children living in submission to mom and dad. If there is joy, if there is happiness, if there is that upbeat and encouraging spirit, There is also submission. There is also obedience. There isn't standing up and rebelling at every step of the way, but instead understanding the role of being led by leaders in the church. I love the exhortation that's here. Let let your church leaders do this with joy, not with grief, for this would be unprofitable 